Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. It is the Friday edition of Hockey Central at noon. Peter Klein, Logan Gordon with you today following another defeat at the hands of the Winnipeg Jets for the Calgary Flames as we get ready for the first installment of the Battle of Alberta for the upcoming season. Again, Peter Klein, Logan Gordon with you today. Eric Francis will be joining at 1230. Uh, plenty of time for your text as well at 960-960. Let's get right into it, though, and chat with Peter Labardius. Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. We got to get better or we can, you know, or we can stay better. I mean, that's, that's really our choice. You know, it starts with us being harder. I mean, right now we're soft in a lot of in a lot of areas of the hockey game. So, you know, let's start there. Plenty of frustration in the voice of the head coach last night after Calgary fell to the the Winnipeg Jets, uh, Mr. Labardius. You believe that uh, last night's game um, a good way of explaining the the struggles of the, the Calgary Flames? I do, and even the whole series. So we're ten games in. I'm not going to talk about things I normally talk about today, mindset, um, you know, part of the work, um, philosophy. I'm leaving that behind today. I'm going to talk strictly about hockey. So in the three games, let me ask you this, Peter. Let's, let's, and, and again, this is not rhetorical, so I'm going to be clear. I think the Calgary Flames' most complete game this year was a 3 nothing win over the Vancouver Canucks, and their worst game of the season was the 4-2 loss in Montreal, where that was one of those nights, and every team has it, that you're in the no-chance motel. Would you agree? I would, yes. So let's cut to the middle and let's cut to the hockey. So the series against Winnipeg. So you come off a game in Montreal – um, you find yourself down, and what turns the hockey game in game one of the three-game set? Well, Connor Hellebuck allows a 109-foot shot that allows the Flames to get back in the game. They do an excellent job. They force, they play a good third period to take a 3-2 lead. What happened at the end of that game? Well, at the end of the game, the Winnipeg Jets, they rally. They pull their goalie. They get a goal in front of the net with a redirect from Mark Shifley. Tie the game. So they get something out of it. They get something out of it. They found a way when it was difficult to execute in the game when it was hard. Flames win in a shootout. Next game, Winnipeg sets the table. They come out. They impose their will and their details, how they want to play the game, play the game the right way. They build a, a 2 nothing lead, and they end up holding off the Flames to win the hockey game again. Last night, another indication. And last night, that's why I set it up this way. So here's last night. And in a sense, I think here is this team in a nutshell. They come out. They play a pretty solid, pretty solid first period. They turn good work attention to detail, they moved the puck, they managed it well, they took away the middle of the ice, and it led to a one nothing advantage. 
Yes, Connor Hellebuck determines the fact that it might have been two or three. But you know what, Peter, in sports, what is is what is. Not what could have been, but what is. So in the second period, um, Mason Appleton, you lose somebody down low. Mason Appleton gets a greasy goal, ties the game at one. At 1-1, what happened in the game? Well, at 1-1, you're in good shape. You're in really good shape in the game. And a player who was basically the last man back inside the Jets' line, two feet away from the line, turns it over. Breakaway. Kyle Connor, 2-1. Now you're down. Now you've turned one nothing into 2-1. Late in the second period. You have two or three opportunities on the boards to get a puck out of your zone. Do you move it out of your zone? No, you don't. Does Mark Shifley, on a second shot around the net, greasy area situation, shoot a puck off your goalie and in? Yes. 3-1. This series was not about the Winnipeg Jets overwhelming the Calgary Flames. In the guts of the game, when you have got to execute and get to hard places and do the right things, the Flames didn't execute. And I know that's being difficult and hard, and it's not for a lack of want or try or effort. That's it. And that's why there's frustration. Because this team, a very capable group, and when they play well... They show you good things. But in a lot of games this year, and we know there's going to be swings in games, your execution, when it matters the most, isn't that, Peter, and again I'm asking, and and please go a different direction. Isn't that, in hockey games, what determines winning and losing? In in fact, in sports, period. Mm Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And that is, uh, I think, one of the frustrations with this Flames team. And I think you you get to it when when you discuss, like, getting to those hard areas. Because over the last couple of games, when Winnipeg's taken the the two-goal advantages, they aren't doing anything groundbreaking to defend. All they're doing is clogging up the middle, and the Flames are kind of just letting them. And that's where the frustration comes to me. It's like... To get to the spots you need to get to, it's going to suck, but you kind of just have to do it. And we're, I don't think we're seeing that enough from this Flames team. And, and, and to me, that's not, that's not about X's and O's. That's, that's, that's not about adjustments. In fact, to back up what we're talking about, let's listen to Rasmus Anderson after the game on what disturbed him the most. Well, when we, when we play on our best, we, we play as a group of five out there. You know, we, we support each other, we talk. We get going, you know, we, we have some motion and uh, we, we have some creativity in our game and we defend well. And um, and we when we don't play well, you know, it's turnovers, it's giveaways, you know, it's we don't get the puck out when we should. We don't help each other out. Um, we don't talk to each other. And I don't know, it, it's obviously it's frustrating and especially. Um, yeah, it's frustrating to lose, and um, especially when we can't put a full 60 minutes together. And I don't know, it's just, it's very frustrating. And, um, you know, it, you know, it's everyone. It's not, it's not one, two, three guys. Like, everyone has got to, we got to all step up. And, uh, you know, I got to play better. Manji probably got to play better. Like, 
everyone needs to play a little bit better and we got to come together as a group and uh, like we have a really good team we just we can't we can't figure out how to play a full 60 minutes and so, uh, another part of the oh sorry go ahead, go ahead no 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 you go ahead I was just going to say another part of the frustration for me with, with this thing is that those comments there from Rasmus Anderson, that could have been a clip from a week ago. And then they come out, there's a players only meeting and there's a couple games that look better. And then it slowly slips back into the same thing. And that's where a lot of that frustration comes for me with this group anyway. So was that clip about, knowing how to do it and understanding how to do it, that they don't understand how to do it? Or is that that they aren't finding their way and doing it more often in the right way for you? Oh, that definitely the, the second part. They, they know how to do it. It's just the actual doing it that, that's the issue. And that's, and that's it's, so again, it's, it's, it's not about philosophy. It's, it's not about anything else outside of the compete and the understanding in games, how you manage those hard situations. Everybody's got a script every night that you want to play. Your ability to adjust and take what the game gives you, not force into the game and manage it. That's why coaches talk so much about understanding the details, knowing when you can, knowing when you can't. It's, it's not about team meetings. It's about your ability as a group to execute when games and situations change. That's the difference. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that, that, that flat out is just not here and again, not for lack of try, not for lack of instruction, not for lack of want. It's time. It is time. You're 10 games in. You're 10 games in. You have a huge challenge against a team that requires defensive detail and being hard on your opponent in the Edmonton Oilers with two of the premier, most dynamic people in the sport. Got to execute. Got to execute, and you, got, and you just have to have the ability to adjust when things don't fit the way you want it to be. That's not about adjusting. It's about adjusting, but it's about getting in the guts of the game. Mm -hmm. Win battles. Another area last night. Their board play in their own zone, not good enough. Not good enough. 50-50s, not good enough. When was the last time, in all sincerity, and you got to have some luck too, but did the Winnipeg Jets not get to two greasy area goals last night? They did. Yep. Yep. Just it's again. It's it's that, that's why today it's not about philosophy. It's not anything more, but getting getting into the guts of the game, getting there, winning those battles. 
Chatting with our Flames insider, Peter Labardius here on Hockey Central at noon, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Uh, in the, the notes that we exchanged before uh, the hit today, there's a, a section for news from practice, and then there's a section on a little Sam Bennett. Um, it turns out that those two things are one and the same, as Sam Bennett, uh, according to social media, is back out on the practice uh, ice today with the Calgary Flames. It, it has been quite the week in the, the Sam Bennett situation, uh, but what do you make of Sam Bennett being back with the team today? Let me ask you that question. After all that you've talked about, all you've thought about, um, the way it's played itself out, Mr. Klein, what's, what's, what's your read on the whole Sam Bennett situation? Uh, quite surprised that it's got to this point today. Um, I, I did not. First off, at the start of the week, I didn't think he was going to get traded. I, I thought that this was going to be a situation where it was we kind of understand where you're coming from, but it, it's tough to make a deal at the at this current time. And then you sit him for last night, and then it was okay. Well, this guy's not playing another game in a Flames uniform. That, that's kind of the roller coaster that my mind went on this week. I do wonder how much it changed when Derek Ryan took that puck off the hand last night, because you look at it, and then all of a sudden it's oh well. I mean, the one guy who can play center for this group um, who isn't in the starting four is the one who we just sat. And so I wonder how much that changed it. But I am I am quite surprised. And I, I think it kind of creates a bit of a headache where there didn't need to be one if you sit Sam Bennett and then bring him back and this wasn't because the trade was imminent. So it's, it is a weird situation, but I am very surprised to see Bennett out there today. Like the rest of the hit, like in the games... We can get to definitive places, right, with every situation, depending on our philosophies, how we see it. But this now is a situation of playing the cards and now, I think, for both sides, getting to the best place that you possibly can. And no Derek Ryan today. So isn't the best place, having a business relationship and the business relationship is we don't know all the details. So here's where, here's where our jobs get tough. We don't really know what's going on between those two sides. We hear things, you know, there's insiders that supply us some information. I get information from different places quite a bit, but you're in a situation now where the only cut to the chase I can get to, because the rest of it doesn't really matter what my philosophy is, how they got here, this is how they got here. Middle ground is usually, to me, how I look at most things. And at this point, with all that's gone on from both sides and things that I've heard, well, if Sam's in, it helps him if he plays well. And it also helps the Calgary Flames. And that's really, at this point, without any more knowledge than what I have, that's all I have to share on that situation. It is Friday, so let's close out the week here with Mr. Labardius with Lou's Mailbag. Lou's Mailbag, brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Their award-winning steak is back, just in time for Valentine's Day. A world-class dining experience awaits, with added efforts to ensure safety and comfort.
So you know how this works. Sportsnet.ca slash 960. You submit a question. If we pick it, we will A, ask Peter Labardius. Uh, but then you will get a $100 gift card to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. And today, Chris Holbrook is the lucky winner on that one. Chris's question, hey Lou, just wondering what your thoughts are on the WHL allowing a one-year exemption for 20-year-olds to play out their last year of eligibility. Thanks, Chris. Yes, a, a weird time for, for junior hockey and for anything that has age restrictions, uh, given how the last 12 months have gone. But uh, your thoughts here, Lou, on uh, Chris's question. Well, Chris, I love the question, and I've given it some thought, absolutely, the whole overall situation. And what I feel you know, very bad about um, is this isn't just about the Western Hockey League. This is about really a trickle-down effect and you know, so many kids not being able to play the game that they love. And in, in the case of the Western Hockey League, you know, players who have, you know, taken their work and their ability to a very, very high level. So um, I would be all for trying, and, and we've seen this in, in other sports and other leagues where, you know, you extend a year of eligibility. But the, but the hard part is, is with age restrictions, it all trickles down. But for next year, would I be in favor of right now on a Western, Western League roster? You know, you have three 20-year-old players. Would I be willing for one season to bump that up to three 21-year-olds, make the league older for one year? And could I actually see a trickle down effect that you know maybe keeps more people at lower levels in their own age groups and can i see some you know validity in that yeah i can for one year i absolutely can because my overall philosophy chris is this um i understand why we have an 18 year old draft in the national hockey league but i've also felt that that has come with some fallout and the fallout is i believe it's taken away from all the other levels junior you know under 18 um what we used to call bantam or still bantam with all the new age groups i think there's always from the nhl right down a real trickle factor so going forward yeah for one year i'd love to see it because we're in a very different time and different times you know, rely on doing different. For one year, I'd be all for kind of pushing that eligibility back. And in fact, Peter, I'll, I'll answer and end it this way because I can tell that you're trying to, you know, you know, we need to move on today. But here's what I'd leave you with. In, in Peter Lubardius's perfect world, even at the NHL level, where you'd get to is you would have a draft. And in that draft you could only draft 18-year-old players in the first round. After that, you'd be free to go wherever you want. So that would move the majority of the age of the players up, which would give your organizations more looks, more time to properly evaluate. And with that, it would also have spinoff do I believe make junior hockey better, under 18 better, under 15 better, and and those levels of the game 
because you wouldn't have to necessarily rush people to get to places that maybe they're not ready for and allow them develop to develop more amongst their peers so that as they move on, they're more ready to move on. I like that a lot. And I hadn't really given that, um, I hadn't really given that a lot of thought, but just as you were explaining, I was like, I, I like this. And now is definitely the time for creativity because normal, uh, there is no normal right now. So uh, I like that one. Chris, I like your question. And uh, that is Lou's Mailbag. Lou's Mailbag, brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Opening just in time for Valentine's. Relax and enjoy while Ruth's Chris makes the experience safe and comfortable for everyone. Go Flames, go. Mr. Labardius, the next time we chat on the air, uh, we will have one edition of the Battle of Alberta behind us. Uh, uh, Lord knows that provides us a lot of talking points, so Monday should be fun. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the Battle of Alberta. The weather is uh, dreadful. Please be safe if you venture out. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the Battle of Alberta. And looking forward to catching up on what's never Dullsville come Monday. <laughs> Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. We shall break and continue on with the Flames conversation. Eric Francis for Francis Fridays next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. We continue on here on the Friday edition of Hockey Central at noon. I'm Peter Klein, Logan Gordon, our producer today, uh, saving my bacon in a big-time way a few times today. So thank you to Logo for being much more professional than I am, but that's not breaking news to anyone else. Uh, it is Friday, which means it is now time for Eric Francis Friday, brought to you by Hyatt Infinity, Calgary's original Infinity destination, serving you for over 28 years. Hyatt Infinity, Heritage Meadows Road on Luxury Lane. Uh, well, Mr. Francis, first off, good afternoon, sir. How are you today? I'm fantastic. I am very excited about the weekend of sports ahead. There are a couple notable uh, matchups that I may want to tune into. <laughs> yeah, there's there's going to be a, a bit of a appointment viewing uh, coming up this weekend mm -hmm. uh, for uh, both Saturday and Sunday, um, it, which is good because it's a very boring week around these parts. Real run of the mill, not a whole lot going on. Just your your standard standard week here with the Calgary Flames. Yeah, this has been a very interesting week for the Calgary Flames, and to me, like the next twenty four thirty hours are going to be fascinating when it comes to Sam Bennett. Like, he was just skating. You guys, were, you know, had it in your update there. He was skating in practice as a fourth-line center. Uh, but, you know, is is he going to be put into that lineup? Like, or to me, you know, if you sit him tomorrow, then he's played his last game as a Calgary player. Like, if you can't see – if you don't have the desire to put him in in a game where I would suggest Sam Bennett would be the most valuable he could possibly be, um, then you're never going to play him again. That's the way I see it, but uh, I'm fascinated to see the way the Flames are, are going to see it. 
Yeah, and I I understand circumstances have changed, and we will never know how this would have played out if Derek Ryan doesn't take a puck off the hand yesterday. Um, uh, he's not at practice today. I, I would assume out for Saturday, but I've assumed a lot of things this week, and I've been wrong on most of them. Um, but I, I just, it feels, it felt to me that sitting him for last night's game was the, the final, okay, this dude isn't playing anymore. Uh, with the Flames, anyway. Like, it, it just, it seems so weird to me that a week that starts with a trade request is going to end with, you are a healthy scratch, and now you're coming back. Like, that 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 feels much more distraction-y than I think the Flames would have wanted this to get to. Yeah, 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 it's interesting. And I, I don't think just because Derek Ryan missed practice today and, and, and may very well have that hand injury that we saw, you know, on the broadcast last night, um, I don't think that would be the reason why they'd suddenly say, Huh, well, we weren't going to play him again, but now we have to. Like, I, would, I don't buy that narrative at all. Like, you know, Buddy Robinson, I think they're quite comfortable putting him in. You know, I mean, he played in the Battle of Alberta last year and, 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 far, and fought uh, Juju Kara. And, you know, I think he could hold his own in there. I don't think they're worried about it. I think they've got veteran guys on that uh, taxi squad for a reason so that if they have to plug him in, they're not worried like, oh, God, this guy is playing in his first NHL game. We're not sure if he can handle it. So, you know, whether it's Richie, whether it's Buddy Robinson, uh, what, you know, whether it's Zach Ronaldo, who might be a very logical addition in a game this emotional, um, you know, I, I think their mind's already made up, you know, yesterday as to whether or not Sam Bennett's ever going to play again in Calgary. Uh, but they, they certainly haven't told us, and I don't think they will. <laughs> um, and the the Battle of Alberta being on Saturday, I, I think, is just such an interesting wrinkle because you're right. Like Sam Bennett, we have had many of a discussion about Sam Bennett's regular season struggles, but those are the types of games that you do have him there for. And now, again, what do you do with everything going on? Like if that was all due respect to all of the other teams, but if this was Saturday against the Canucks, I think it's a bit of a different discussion. Like, I think the opponent makes this one that much more interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is going to have everything in it, right? I mean, it's Battle of Alberta. Uh, If this was just another game and they were playing, well, say Ottawa, um, I don't think you'd see any chance you'd see Sam Bennett. But, you know, this is a, this is a very unique situation because it's the Edmonton Oilers. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I was fascinated to see today whether or not he'd be skating with the main group or whether he'd be on the, like the fifth line or whether he wouldn't even be skating with them at all. Um, mm-hmm. I know one thing, you know, talking to Flames, uh, you know, people in management, this team is certainly not going to be held hostage by this, uh, this request. Um, they certainly are almost militant about the fact that they're going to just take their time. And if there's a trade to be made, eh, maybe they'll make a trade. And if there is not a trade to be made, they're happy to just let that asset sit on the sidelines or potentially, I guess, play, play in the odd game or play <laughs> regularly. I, they're, they're open to a lot of different things, and, and I think that's the right way to go about it. Don't pigeonhole yourself in and say, um, this is the way it's got to be. I mean, things change on a daily basis in the NHL as we're seeing all around the league with all sorts of teams having their season postponed for a week or two. Um, I, it, it's a fluid situation. Now, again we may learn that it's not fluid anymore and that they've just decided he's going to rot until they trade him. Um, you know, the, the unfortunate thing about all this and where I do, I am quite critical of Sam Bennett and his agent for the timing of all this is, you know, a, first of all, there's a way to handle this and it's in house. Um, 
uh, you know, like every, any trade request should be handled in-house. Now, hey, as a journalist, I love that it's out there because it gives us lots to talk about. But, you know, this Sam Bennett was pretty, it was pretty clear to me he was destined to be plucked off of uh, the flames, you know, by the Seattle Kraken anyway. Um, he was going to be the obvious guy that was going to be left off the protected list. And, and then everybody could have gone on their merry way. He would have got what he wanted. You know, he could have bolstered his stock again in the playoffs this year. And, and that could have been an easy solution to all this. But his agent, in concert with Sam Bennett, I'm, I'm sure, decided that they'd had enough and, uh, and they wanted to move now. And it's, it's disruptive. And I think it's actually quite disrespectful the way they went about doing it. But uh, at the end of the day, Athletes are getting their wishes. They're so, they're so much more empowered than they have been in the past. You know, from James Harden to Pierre-Luc Dubois to Patrick Laine to Jack Roslevic, these guys are all getting exactly what they want. As disruptive as it is, they're getting their they're means, you know, they've got a, a way of getting to what they want. So, you know, I can't blame my guess, but I, I do think that uh, he lost a lot of respect in the eyes of people in the Flames organization. Are you surprised at how many turns this has taken just this week? Like, you, you, we get the, the first report comes out on Saturday. Bennett plays a couple of games and, perfectly honest, plays pretty well. Like, I, I, I liked Sam Bennett's game in, in the couple of games that he did play in this week. And then it's a healthy scratch, and now we're at it today. Like, are, are you surprised? It feels like we had about a month's worth of news in a week with this Sam Bennett situation. Well, yeah, and then after after Elliot made his initial report, then I, I reported that, the team has never heard a trade request from Sam Bennett and uh, you know, from this agent or from Sam. And that, that's what's really changed over the last uh, 24 hours for him to become a healthy scratch. You know, the Flames sat down with him on Sunday and said, uh, you know, what's, what's going on? Your agent's speaking off here saying you want to get traded. What, you know, I want to hear from you. And Sam was kind of noncommittal and wasn't really sure. And I, they kind of left him to say, Hey, you think about this and get back to us. Cause if that's what you really want, like, Things change around here. And I think what they've got in the last 24 hours is a whole lot more clarity from the player that he does want out. And, um, and I think that's why you saw the healthy scratch. Now, I'm with you. I thought he played okay in those two games prior to the benching. Uh, but I can tell you that inside the organization, they don't see it the same way. And when you look at his hmm. minutes, the last two games, uh, the last game he played a season low, 11 minutes. So that tells you how well they thought he was playing. And I think it was confusing for a lot of people because he was playing in both of those games at times late in the game with Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan, which seemed like a very empowering move. This was the club saying, okay, let's, we'll, we, we'll give you a better opportunity here. Go and prove yourself. And, and maybe that's what they did to some degree, but at the end of the day, they didn't think he played that well, certainly in that second game uh, when he only played 11 minutes and, uh, and then he was benched. So it, it, it's not the first time in history that us in the media and fans uh, had a much different opinion of something uh, than management did. And, and this was a classic example of it. Now, there was a game last night. Uh, <laughs> the, the flame, again, Sam Bennett was not a part of it, but many other people in Calgary Flames jerseys were. Um, and, and so... Uh, a lot of frustration, again, coming out of this one. More talk about playing soft and all of those types of things. I guess just what did you make of the response following uh, a frustrating loss last night for the Flames? Yeah, it's same old, same old with this team, right? It's uh, on paper. I still think they're as deep a team as the North has. Uh, yet on the ice, they're still as fragile and perplexing as any team 
in the National Hockey League. And we've had this for two or three years with this core where, you know, just for for chunks of time, they seem to just disappear uh, mentally. And, uh, you know, the coach was pretty furious after the game last night, as I think he should be. Um, you know, it's it, it's just very frustrating, I would assume, to be a Flames fan these days. You know, as, as a media type, I, you know, uh, I just find it fascinating because there's lots to write about. But uh, as a fan, I could see people just losing their minds these days because one night they look like world beaters, the next night they look like, well, the Flames can look lots over the last handful of years. So uh, I still think it's a good team. I still think, um, you know, this is going to be a good season. But, you know, these slow starts are something we've seen forever in Calgary. And so I'm almost used to covering these early slides and questions about whether or not they're even a playoff team. You know, this too shall pass. Uh, but it is a troubling trend. There's no doubt about it. We uh, Last one for you today. Uh, we heard Jeff Ward talk about uh, adjustments. Um, n- none of those were at practice today, although, um, I mean, why would you show them off this early? But w- what type of adjustments, or do you anticipate any lineup adjustments, I guess, going into Saturday against Edmonton? Well, of course, we already talked about the big one. That could happen, you know, with Sam <laughs> Bennett. But, you know, to me, it would make sense. To me, Joachim Nordstrom is struggling mightily. I think he's leading the league. I think he's minus six now. Um, you know, was brought in to be a one-trick pony to kill penalties and be a solid defensive player. And I know plus-minus is not exactly the most accurate of metrics, but when you're leading the team in plus-minus in a bad way, um, that one trick that you're supposed to be brought in for and you're not doing it, it says a lot about, uh, you know, how effective you've been. So, uh, to me, Nordstrom would be out of the lineup for sure. I would consider bringing in a Zach Ronaldo just for the energy that he brings. Um, I know that he's, he's a fourth or fifth line player in today's world, um, but this is a different animal that they're tackling tomorrow. Not only do they need rough and tumble players in that lineup who can stand up for other players like Zach Ronaldo, but you also need people who bring energy. And the guys in that room absolutely love Zach Ronaldo. And they love the energy he brings. It's infectious. And right now, I think they need some energy. I think they need somebody to come in and give them a kick in the pants who's not named Jeff Ward. And uh, so to me, the guy you're bringing for sure is Zach Ronaldo. And when I asked Ward after the game last night, is it time for some lineup changes? He said, absolutely. And uh, he says, we got fresh bodies ready to come in. And to me, that means someone from the taxi squad's finally going to get a chance here. And whether it's Ronaldo or a big body like Buddy Robinson, neither would surprise me. And as a matter of fact, I would be surprised. Yeah, if both were in there, it would it would it'd probably be a good move for the Flames. Well, whoever is in there, it's going to give us plenty to talk about when we do this again on Friday. Uh, Eric, thank you for your time. Enjoy the weekend. Um, both the, the Battle of Alberta, the Super Bowl, the Waste Management Phoenix Open is going to sound a little bit different this year, but that's always fun. It's uh, going to be a fun weekend to have it be awful weather outside and for us to stay inside and watch sports all the day. Are they going to get the media, the, the handful of media people who are covering the Waste Management Open to throw beers at the players and all that? Someone's got to do it. Right. I, I think just get the other players to throw the beers. Like, I, I think that would be a, a nice little added wrinkle to it. That's not bad. I like that. I'd tune in for that. Anyway, I'll be right? watching all of it. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> Too cold to be outside anyway. Exactly. All right. Have a good weekend, sir. Thanks, PK. Cheers, bud. Cheers. There is Eric Francis here on Eric Francis Friday, brought to you by Hyatt Infinity, Calgary's original infinity destination, serving you for over 28 years. Hyatt Infinity, Heritage Meadows Road on Luxury Lane. There is one Canadian team that is struggling mightily. We will get to that on the other side as we wrap up Hockey Central at noon.
Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Closing out the final Hockey Central at noon for the week here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Peter Klein and Logan Gordon with you today. Um, Logo, we we all understand the North Division uh, is probably going to close out with the Ottawa Senators at the bottom. And then the top six teams were set to fight it out for those playoff positions. I wonder, it's probably overreacting, but I feel like we are almost at the point where we can kind of move Vancouver out of that category of teams fighting for a playoff spot. Another blowout loss last night for the Canucks. When you are at the point of Jason Spezza's putting up hat tricks against you, I think it's time to get very concerned if you are a, a Vancouver Canuck fan. They, they had a, a week off from the panic as they beat the Ottawa Senators a bunch of times. But aside from that, it has been pretty disastrous for a while out there in Vancouver. Yeah, they've got the most games played in the NHL already. They're at 14 games into this 56-game schedule, 6-8. and eight. They've lost their last three. They've still got two more against Toronto in this little series. Uh, the three-game set that they're doing in Toronto, and you mentioned it yet, they got pounded yesterday and didn't look like they were in it at all. They made Jason Spezza look like what Jason Spezza used to look like in a Senators jersey a very, very long time ago. Um, I, I don't get it. I really don't. The The Vancouver thing's been a weird one for me. And uh, you listen to guys that know more than, than I do, like Elliot, and the, the sentiment just seems to become that, you know, maybe they didn't let go of the most talented guys, like like Markstrom and Tanev and uh, Toffoli. Like, you know, they're all good players, but they're not, they're not a Crosby. They're not a McDavid or anything like that. But I think they certainly and this probably falls on management, probably didn't value enough what it meant to the locker room to lose the Markstroms and the Tanevs and that sort of guys because this team just looks like a, a shell of itself from last year, and um, I, I don't know that there's a good way to, to bounce back in this. We talk about you know things feeling iffy for the Flames. Well, the Flames still have a ton of games in hand on Vancouver, period. Like, Vancouver is even further down the rabbit hole than uh, than Calgary is like Calgary's played four less games than them. It's just not a good spot for Vancouver. Mm. I don't know what's what's gone wrong there. Yeah, the, the Canucks outscored Ottawa sixteen to three in that three game stretch, and Vancouver's goal differential for the season is still at minus seven. That's a problem. And for for the Canucks, like it, it is, we knew going in this roster was flawed. Like we we, we had an understanding that the top end talent has to be really, really good because the depth just isn't there and you have some questions about that blue line. And uh, the problem in Vancouver right now is like, like Bo Horvat is having his best season probably as a National Hockey League player, but Patterson just isn't doing it right now. And Besser got off to a good start, but he could probably be a little bit better. And JT Miller is still working his way in- into things for the Canucks. And so maybe that is kind of the the silver lining you take for Vancouver. It's like, okay, once Pedersen gets clicking, then maybe things will be fine. But you can't fall too far behind in this thing. And right now, the Canucks, if you're going by points percentage, would be second last. Because to your point, Logo, they've played four more games than the, the Flames, three more than Ottawa. Um, three more than Ottawa, Winnipeg, Montreal, and Toronto, and two more than the Edmonton Oilers. And I, the, the thing is, that loss last night felt like a things-need-to-change loss. Like, that felt like a enough-is-enough, we-need-to-do-something-here. 
I, I think Travis Green has done a great job as a coach up until this season. And I think even this season, it, it's tough to tough to really fault him. I don't know. Like, do, I, I don't think there's a blockbuster trade that you do. It really does kind of feel like if there is a shoe to drop, Jim Benning is probably out of a job in Vancouver. Like, it, it does kind of feel like he's on borrowed time at this point, at least from my perspective. Maybe. Yeah. I, this, is, this all goes into this weird season this weird back and forth of everything and you know the fact of the matter is as much as I I do think it's on Jim Benning and company in the management group what is what does it look like 14 games into the season to go into this without a GM like what's the what's the real direction of this team to take going forward and uh Travis Green still doesn't have a, a contract for next season we know uh, how easy it is in this league and any league to just put the blame on the coach and, and try to restart things there. And who knows if that's an option that Jim Benning looks at to try to save himself uh, in a last-ditch effort here. I, I'm with you. I think this is a, a Benning problem. I think that he's benefited from you know some really good draft picks that have saved him with, as far as roster construction goes. But outside of that... Well, you talk about decisions of guys that they've let go and guys that they've kept or brought in. It doesn't look good. Like Klein, the I don't have to tell you the. You know, we talk about having our own frustrations with free agents in this market. Even in the last couple of years, how can you justify to your fan base or to your owner, who is your boss? You know, look, we let Markstrom go, we let Toffoli go, we let Tanev go. But you know what? We brought in Michael Furland. He oh, he's not playing. Oh, Roussel's signed up for a long time. Yeah. Oh, we got Jay Beagle. Yeah, that's not great either. Like, how do you like that? That's a direct roster management problem right there. Yeah, and that that is the big thing. It's not that they. It's not that they didn't sign Markstrom, Tanev, Toffoli. It's the reasons they didn't re-sign those guys. And uh, yes, I will fully say for, for Vancouver, the $3 million cap recapture penalty for Roberto Luongo really sucks. And probably a little unfair if we are being honest with ourselves. But it's just something you have to deal with. For sure, for sure, don't be buying out Ryan Spooner and still spending a, a million dollars on him. Um, and, and like, again, the Louis Erickson contract, the to your point, Roussel and Beagle, like that, there are so many big contracts on this on this team's books that they just they couldn't do it. And so, what whether Jim Benning has done a better job since signing those guys, it doesn't matter. Like those are contracts that are now going to haunt this organization. I think for several years to come. And I think Tyler Toffoli scoring eight on the Canucks is just that little salt in the wound that I think ha has made this situation fester a little bit more than it probably would have under normal circumstances. Uh, yeah, I, I think so for sure. And it just, it's really manifested itself fast. I mean, if we were having this conversation halfway through the season, even, you know, it was a so-so start for Vancouver, at least then maybe I could see uh, some greener pastures or some positives, but it's been like this since the start. And I mean, your positive is a three game set win against Ottawa. Uh, if you take that out of the example and, and mix in with one other, you know, decent team out of this division, and then you look at where Vancouver would be. Yikes. Uh, it wouldn't, yeah. it would be very ugly at this point. It'd be worse than it is now. And it's not good now.
Yeah, it'd be really, really bad. Uh, so there. Now we've pissed off every Vancouver Canuck fan who is listening. So that I'd doesn't take that. much, though. Um, no, that's true. No, like if, if we said just one of the things that we said today, the text line would be, "Oh, I can't believe you." But um, still, I think even they would admit probably not the best time out in Vancouver right now. Logo was uh, dropping those truth bra- uh, bombs from the iconic studio, powered by Iconic Electric and controls diversity it's iconic contact them today at iconicec.ca there's breaking baseball news some surprising flames news and a super bowl a lot to get to as the big show starts next